When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. You'll never believe it. I mean, I hardly could. Kohl's has epic deals right now, and they're going to make for an epic 4th of July. I got the cutest $6.99 Americana tees, $19.99 tech gear shorts for me, and Toastmaster kitchen gadgets for less than $10. I even got Kohl's cash and picked up my order in less than an hour. So yeah, cue the fireworks, because these savings are definitely worth celebrating. Select style sale ends July 4th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Hello and welcome everyone to the main event, Mark's Podcast, the final show of the month of October. I'm your first co-host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and avid figure collector, Troy Adams. And with me as always is the main event collector. He is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia. He is a Rosie to my Jamal. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? Oh, God, I'm S-H-I-T. Thanks. Yeah, that's... That's exactly. I was like, I'm Umaga. You're the SHIT superhero in training. People don't don't think it's dirty. I mean, it is. But oh yeah, this is far better. <laughs> the superhero. I, I, did I tell you I have a Jax figure of him? Uh, the superhero in training. Yes. I didn't really made that. Yeah, he came in a two pack with uh, Hurricane. Wow. Who, by the way, both of these men are on the show we're talking about today. So it fits. Today is years old. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I uh, I have the one. He's in his uh, first superhero in training attire, where they literally wrote it on a sweatshirt, and he's wearing shorts and a purple mask. That was the stupidest, funniest thing ever. Yeah, I, you know, looking back, not to say it's like, well, I'm 30 years old now, so yeah, I just told everybody my age, but not to say it's like, well, I'm 30 years old now, and I'm so much more mature than I used to be, but seriously, I'm like, <laughs> looking back, I'm, I'm not, but looking back at this era, I'm just like, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of fun, you and I talked about how great the year 2002 was in the WWE, however, my God, just there was so much crap on TV during this time. Yeah, they just. I mean, because they had no competition. I mean, if you yeah. want to call AEW competition, um, I won't even get into that. But uh, there was nothing opposing it. TNA yeah. was running on weekly pay per views, so they literally run on TV. Well, let me let me say this as far as the you know competition thing goes. They don't necessarily have competition as far as you know TV ratings and merchandise and blah blah blah. AEW is doing pretty well with merchandise, but they're not WWE. And I'd say that the only competition they have, and not just with AEW, but just in general, is there are so many other places to go work. If you're not one of them that's like, man, I have to be in the big spotlight of WWE, and it's more of just like, this is a job, I want to make money and I want to do good, then, I mean, you have options. So I'd say that's the only quote-unquote competition that's out there. I do feel like there's more indies now than ever. Yeah, that's true. There's more indies now than ever. And and yes, I do count ROH as an indie. Sorry to everyone who doesn't believe that, but it kind of is. Yeah. That happens to be on TV. I might even say the same about Impact now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, besides all that, yeah, we're going to get into all the lack thereof competition and all that good stuff here today. There is a little bit of a Halloween theme to this episode still. That's why I wanted to go with it. Not just because it took place on October 28th, 2002, but also just because of the main event. And stuff surrounding the main event, which was death. And yeah, there's also and there's also a couple of guys in the show that are, that dressed up as wrestlers for the show too. So, <laughs> holy crap! All right, well, now that uh, I mean that adds another Halloween uh, theme to this show because uh, Greg's here, here with his shovel burying people. So <laughs> he he borrowed it from his favorite wrestler of all time, Triple H. That golden shovel. Uh, I, I take that as a compliment. Thank you. What, AKA what the best we, promoter on earth right now. So yeah, thank you. Good Lord. What is, what is it? That, Argue uh, me on that. What is it that Matt Hardy said that one time where he was like, uh, I buried this young, this young person, like uh, the man with three H's or something man, to that effect. Man of three H's. And the man of three H's. Yeah. That's why I love it. It just makes a little sense. The man of three H's. I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah, like what? <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a, uh, our first Funny real stuff. quick. Yeah. We're going to show a, uh, have a real quick uh, break right here when we come back. It's the news and notes of the time. You and I's favorite part of the show. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Now, back to our program. All right, we're back, and it is time for, uh... Oh, yeah. It's time for the news and notes of the time. I... What, are you, what are you drinking? You gotta promote it. Well, uh, I'm drinking... 
Today I'm drinking, I'm, I'm trying it, so I don't know if it's any good or not. It's, uh, you ever hear of the energy drink Bang? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, drink, I've I'm heard drinking. I've heard it's decent. Yeah, they got some good flavors, some that I'm like, meh. Uh, I mean, they got a million flavors for this thing, I'll just say that. I'm drinking, uh, it's coffee Bang. It's like, it's called Keto Coffee, and it's cookies and cream craze is the uh, flavor, so wish me luck here. Yeah, let me see if this comes through here. You that, pop in the top on it. What is you drink a Snapple? Uh, it's in a it's in a bottle like Snapple. It's one of those Starbucks drinks. Ah, okay, nice. So we're all we're both drinking a coffee like drink. How about let's, that? Let's get this shield. That's yeah. uh, that's proving it's early in the morning, by the way. So if there's any errors, forgive us. Yeah. At least me. It's eleven thirty for you. So at least me though. I will. Hey, I will send you a picture of my box to prove it. I don't need a picture of your box, but thank you. First story here. Uh, Jerry Jarrett sold his uh, controlling interest in NWA TNA, who is privately held company, or to, to the privately held company, Panda Energy International. Well, you Jeff, know, he had to. I wonder if he told Dixie Carter how to make chicken salad. <laughs> well, you know, you got to chop the walnuts, and well, you know, and some apples, and well, huh. Anyway. You know. Jeff ah, man, Bruce Pritchard has ruined everything for me now. I can't say anything without thinking of his stupid crap. Jeff Jarrett was appointed the vice president of TNA Entertainment, the new name of the company, while Dixie Carter, the daughter of Panda Energy chairman and chief executive officer Bob Carter, and a former TNA publicist, was appointed president. Panda Energy now owns 71% of TNA Entertainment, LLC. So I did not even realize when I picked this show that this was when NWA TNA became... Uh, just I, I think, well, I don't know if they officially dropped the NWA part of it at this point. I think they held on to that for a few more years. They, they did, but they just stopped calling it NWA TNA. They held the NWA title until 2006. Ah, uh, yes. I remember or was that. It, was it 2007? Uh, no, it was, I don't yeah, remember. It was, it was May of 2007, I believe. Okay. Because Kurt yeah, Angle was just in TNA, or just came, or no, he didn't just get there, but like less than a year, he won the title, but then yeah. they got rid of it. Uh, but yeah, TNA, man, uh, well, one more story about TNA. I, I, I miss that deck, that era of TNA, by the way. That was when it was great. I know. From the, from here until... To, uh, a lot of people say from here until 2009 was, like, quote-unquote, their heyday as far as, like, their product. I believe that that company is what's really sparked our friendship, I believe. I'm right. That was one of them. I mean, wrestling uh, in yeah. general, but I believe, like, you and I would get, get legitimately excited and party up on Xbox on Thursdays for Impact. Yeah. And we would watch the pay-per-views and all that good yeah. stuff because the people I was talking to at the time uh, absolutely hated TNA and were all about And I know, obviously, you're a diver WWE guy, but they were like, if it's not WWE, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I'll never watch it. I'm like, whatever. I mean, yeah, I could watch anything, really. I mean, I do watch it all still to this day. The marketing firm TNA sued back in September was, uh, has filed a countersuit against TNA claiming slander, libel, breach of contract, and more. Another graphic design company also sued TNA for $56,000, claiming that they haven't been paid for design company logos and other artwork. Can I ask, do you know what, what's the thing in question here? Uh, it's just uh, a, a marketing Well, uh, a marketing firm and a design company are both. Well, I guess TNA sued the marketing firm first, saying they didn't get what they were promised. And then the marketing firm, I don't know what they were promised, but the marketing firm countersued, whereas the graphic design company who's designing stuff for them, like logos and stuff, they flat out came out and said, uh, no, you know, we haven't been paid. You're UOS 56 grand. I like the, the commentary. Somebody who posted the story said, they said, 
TNA and being sued for, you know, not being paid go together like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> Paul, so. Heyman's, Paul Heyman's going to sue him now for rip off his gimmick. How dare you, sir? That was my I'll, I'll have you know. Not everything. I will have fast. you know, sir. If I may have another volley. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Richard. Here See? you go, Literally man. just saying, Richard. Right. Here you go, man. You've, you've brought this up a few times. Bob Sapp makes his wrestling debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling at the Tokyo Dome this month in a match against Manabu Nakanishi. So, yeah. Yeah, I still don't get why people, like, in Japan, man, like, apparently people flock to him, man. Yeah. Well, you, why? You want, to, you want to know the weirdest part about the story is they said, well, the Tokyo Dome is kind of, like, the this show is kind of floundering. We don't know if tickets are going to sell. But they put Bob Sapp on there and said he was going to wrestle. And all of a sudden, they were like, my God, we're saved. I'm like, what? You mean the guy from the longest yard who was a big baby? Uh, yeah, basically. It's just like, what the f***? Dude, apparently he's a huge draw over there, like you alluded to. The worst, the worst MMA fighter in the history of fighting, I would say. Yes, even worse than CM Punk, by the way. At least wow. CM Punk didn't get like busted up and cried. <laughs> he, <laughs> he like legit. No, right? I know. I wonder if that was a play on that. He really cried when Mirko Krokop like broke his orbital bone. He was like crying in the in the uh, the ring. I, I just so yeah. Good lord. I I saw it. He he. Got pla- I mean, don't get me wrong, that hurts, but, I mean, dang, dude, really? He's a big-ass dude, I'm like, man. I know. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not standing in line to take a kick from Crow Cop, I'm, I'm good, but it's just <laughs> a point. Yeah, it's like, whoa, I, I didn't say I want one, I'm just saying, you know, you're a win. You're a puss. Anyway, uh, this next story, you know who's not a big draw in Japan, Craig? Uh, and I, it's not speak all of the dead, but, you know, this is the story, and it's the facts. Speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, China is wrestling men in New Japan and will be in the Tokyo Dome. She's been recently wrestling Tanahashi, who Uncle Dave says was the only person in New Japan that he's seen that was able to get anything even halfway watchable out of China. But all in all, this is still a mess, and Uncle Dave can't understand what the hell New Japan is thinking. Man, he's been on Tanahashi's nuts for 18 years. (laughs) Right? Well, he is the ace. Go ace! I thought that was Cowboy Bob. Wrong ace. Oh, like the ace crusher. Dynamic dudes. Wow. Yeah, but no. I The, the most surprising part about this was recently I had found out about China wrestling in Japan, and I went, why? Regardless of what anybody says, she was not a good wrestler. I mean, she wasn't horrible. She just wasn't good. And if probably, she was just, J- probably just a draw. Well, apparently she didn't draw very well over there either. They thought she might. And from people wrestling over there, they said they hated her. Like, the people in the backstage hated her because she came in with the I'm a big WWE star attitude. And they were like, yeah, but you suck. So who cares? And she wasn't much of a draw in Japan. So that, you know, that was even less of a reason to care about anything she had to say. I'm just curious. Was this before or after she did porn? Uh, before. Yeah, because I feel like they wouldn't allow her to wrestle out there if that happened before. Yeah. Well, that was the whole reason she got fired from TNA. You remember when she had like a wait, is she there a month, if that? She was there a couple of impacts, a pay-per-view, and then gone. Yeah. Still doing the pedigree, by the way, as a finisher all those years later. A little weird. But yeah, she told us, she was like, nah, I'm done with porn, I'm done with porn. And then they're like, alright, yeah, we just don't want a porn star on payroll, especially if you're telling us you're done with it. And then they find out, wait, she's not done with porn, you're fired. 
So I, whatever. I mean, to each their own, I guess. But uh, it's anyway. an easy topic. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Well, another uneasy topic here. This one shocked me actually. Ring of Honor held a show this month in Philadelphia where the insane clown posse showed up, and Good they were Lord. allowed, and they were allowed to wrestle a match. Oddly enough, in Philadelphia, like if it was anywhere else, I'd be like, ah, well, of course, yeah, it's Ring of Honor. But this was Philly, so I didn't think they would do this. But in Philadelphia, the crowd chanted, don't come back at the end of the match. Good. <laughs> uh, I believe they're currently oh chanting that to the Eagles. Good grief. That sounds like uh, that would be right up Philadelphia's alley. Oh, you seen Cloud Posse in Ring of Honor? Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Here's my. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Without offending someone, huh? Yeah. Here's my one and only uh, UFC story, just because I want to... Were you watching UFC in 2002? <clears throat> I think I, I literally just started. Ah, okay. Well, maybe you recognize this name, because I don't. Uh, they said at the latest UFC pay-per-view, Rico, uh, or Rico Rodriguez beat Randy Couture to win the vacant UFC heavyweight title. Yeah, he was a flash in the pan. Yeah, because I was like, who the hell is... Rico Rodriguez. Whereas Randy Couture is known as like possibly the greatest of all time. He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. He's he's in the discussion. If he's not one, he's one A. So yeah, I don't know. Mike Awesome, Sean Stasiak, and Horace Hogan were all released from the WWE this month. Aren't uh, Mike Awesome and Horace technically related? <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> no, I just I don't know why I need to point that out, but yeah. Wiped out two thirds of the Hogan family right here. Yeah, the other the other uh, third being Brutus Beefcake, right? Not including Gosh. not including Hogan, but <laughs> no. This, All right, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Brutus the effing Barber Beefcake is that better? Good grief! I forgot you were very specific on the show. My apologies. Oh yeah, me. I was to, I was today years old, by the way, when I found out Horace Hogan was ever under payroll with the WWE. Now that you mention it, I didn't realize it, but yeah, I didn't know that either. He was under a developmental deal. I went, I went deal. right into the jokes. I didn't even think about that. Right. Well, he was in WCW for what? Three years at this point? If I know he was there in 1998 because he's part of the flock. Uh, so I'm okay. not going to put uh, years on there. But He, he was, he, okay, he'd been wrestling for about, I, and I think he came out of the power plant. So I'm going to say he'd been wrestling for about three to four years at this point. Oh, well, yeah, it, but something tells me he had like a connection to get in quickly. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, the thing is, I say that. But he'd been wrestling 34 years at this point. He goes into a developmental deal with WWE, and then the WWE still says, mm, no, you just suck too much. You're gone. What year is this again? 2002? Yeah. Hogan is about to come back in January, so uh, if, you don't just hang out, hang, if you just hung on a couple more months. Right. Uh, sorry, nephew. That doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> uh, Sean Stasiak apparently got released because uh, he sucked, and they said, we've given him chance after chance after chance, and he just he sucks. He's not getting Dude. any better. They could have went back to meets, man. They would have just made money with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jacqueline was still on the payroll, so she's on a show. It was Terry. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Mike Awesome apparently got released because they said they just felt like he wasn't taking stuff seriously. He came back from injury, like, woefully out of shape. And, uh, yeah, they just had enough. Hard to imagine that man being out of shape. Yeah. He did get a little out of shape a few times. I saw he was getting a little, uh, little chunky, but... I mean, I, I never saw him like fat. He's he got some fat asses. He's fat. I'll make a bleed. Anyway, uh, that was one WWE. of my favorite ECW guys, by the way. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, That's he died, sad. man. I was hurt. 
Yeah, that one sucked real especially, bad, especially the way especially, he died. Yeah, like, I was going to say, the way he died, man, that's just like, what the hell is wrong with your life, man? You got to do that. Yeah, I know. It's, it sucks to think about. Uh, WWE has had talks with Ultimo Dragon about him coming to WWE. Dragon is 36 and fresh off coming out of retirement. Uh, when yeah, you always, you always want to re- you always want to retire when you're 36. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like he a couple months after this, maybe. Huh. Well, he was go. thick around at least through WrestleMania 20 because he had that debacle with his cape. So that's <laughs> 2004. So he at least lasted a couple of years. Right. I have a Jack figure of him, by the way. They need to make a Mattel of him. I would like Mark for it. Oh, yeah. I'd want one in his like green, like the green. Yeah, of course. His classic. Yeah. yeah. There's well, no other well, one. They can make well, a chase if they want, but that needs to be the one. Well, the Jack's figure I have is him in his silver. That's a um, WWE one, though, right? Right. Yeah. I want the classic WCW one. The right. one where he held 10, uh, 10 be- uh, championships, pal. God dang it. Also, Spanky, also known as Brian Kendrick. I'm, li- I'm listening. <laughs> he will be giving a tryout at some upcoming WWE shows. He would pop up shortly after this because I remember his whole rap thing with Cena. He would, and he would also uh, do the whole shrieking thing, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. The second naked guy in WWE history. The first, of course, being uh, Phineas I. Godwin. <laughs> A.K.A. Midian, A.K.A. Tex Slazinger, A.K.A. Naked Midian. Didn't he use like, his real name for a minute, too? There was one more. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Dennis, A.K.A. Dennis Knight. Dennis Knight, yeah. Of Southern yeah. Country. Or, no, Southern Justice. Southern Justice. Southern Justice. Chung, chung. I, know, I did the Law uh, Order thing, but yeah. Sounds like a TV show, doesn't it? We just it? hooked a lot of white listeners. One in particular that you and I know very well. <laughs> Roll Tide. Gosh. Well, I'm going to try to make the, try to condense these next stories down uh, real quick so we can get into the event at hand. This one, Sports Illustrated wrote a story on WWE's decline over the past year. Uh, the story claimed that uh, the wrestling business has never been in worse shape, which is actually not true. Uh, even though WWE's revenue has declined by more than $30 million this year, it's still one of the most profitable years ever for the company. Prior to 1998, WWE had never had anywhere close to a year like that. In the 80s, which many consider to be a boom period for wrestling, they weren't even making one-fifth of the revenue they did in 2002. However, the wrestling business is kind of in bad shape at this point. As we talked about, there's basically one company holding a monopoly in the U.S., which hurts everybody. Wrestling as a whole is absolutely declining in popularity at a staggering rate. Vince McMahon was asked for a comment on the piece, and his only response was, quote, why is a sports magazine interested in an entertainment story? <laughs> almost like that was a smart-ass comment. Yeah. Almost as if he's an asshole. <laughs> almost. I don't I hate that. I think guy. when you're as successful as Vince, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I mean, do you have any comment on, on that? I, I did feel like, even though 2002, we talked about how great it was, it also had its downfalls, I feel. Well, this is the very first year with no opposition. Right. And again, I'm not counting TNA. I can't count them because they're on pay-per-view once a week. So I'm not going to count something that you have to go out of your way to search for and buy. Right. Well, oddly enough, this month, I mean, this doesn't make your story any less valid, but I I did find out that this month, I thought Impact was their first show. I was wrong. Their first televised show was Explosion that debuted this month. Only in Nashville, right? Uh, I can't remember. I know it was a a very small station, so it wasn't even like a a nationwide station. The, the pay-per-views are nationwide, but that was it. Yeah, they would this tape was, it before 
the pay-per-view, right? Or the show uh, on pay-per-view. I, something like that. Well, this was, I think, after this had to be, and I can't, I, now I can see why Panda Energy wanted to buy TNA, because they clearly saw the pay-per-views where one week you had a little person masturbating into a trash can, and then the next week, Jeff Jarrett brings a little person out to the ring in a bag, and then another little person holds him up with a gun. Good God. Tell me one of them was short sleeve Samson. I don't know. I feel it like was, they uh, used him all the time. No, they used Puppet. It was uh, Puppet was the one with the gun and was the one uh, uh, pleasuring himself in the trash can, I'll say. Who was, writing, who was writing in TNA at this time, dude? Uh, well, okay, well, Brawl. It wasn't me, Brawl. Bro, I don't, I don't use little people, okay? Nobody, want, nobody cares about little people, bro. Bro, they might as well be, look like They might as well be Japanese. Care. No one cares about them either, bro. Good Lord. Uh, Did he well, say that? Yeah, well, he said if they don't speak English and they don't look like me, why should I care? If they wear a mask, why should I care? So we don't care about Asuka and Nakamura then? Okay. Get well, no, acor- well, according to him, yeah, no, we don't care about them. And we shouldn't care about them because they can't cut a promo in English. And they don't look like us. So why should we care? Us. What does he de- define us? I know. It's like Idiots. It's like Russo Humans? is... New Yorkers? Writers? I know. What like, is us? Well, Vince Russo is white. I am white, but we do not look alike. He is very, like... He's, like, olive-skinned Italian. I am, like, very How neon white. <laughs> Where, you know, so it's like... He doesn't look like me, and I think he talks funny. Should I not care about him, then? Because, bro, he doesn't look like me, and I can't understand him sometimes, bro. He basically just said that all of America is just, is just white, English-speaking people. What a way to alienate people. Well, he is a moron, so, I mean... Douchebags more like it, but... Yeah, I mean, we've, we've established that. And I, I, the people I know, right? Why are we even on this? Like, this is new. The people that defend him to me, just, I stop talking to them right away. I'm like, well, whatever. And they're like, well, he's actually a good guy. I'm like, eh... You say I'm so. Sh- I'm sure he is. I, I, like, you know, I'm not going to. Well, it's like, you know, I always tell him, it's like, I'll take your word for it. I don't want to have communication with a guy who speaks like this. Just nope. And he spoke like this for years. So this isn't like just a, a short time, like, oh, he had a change of heart or something. No, he still speaks like this. He's always done it. Uh, last big story here. Uh, I, big as in like there's a lot to talk about here. The trial of Nicole Bass versus WWE, speaking of uh, Vince Russo. Is uh, She's suing WWE for sexual harassment, uh, but it continued and has become a major headache for the WWE, as in inconvenience. The biggest testimony came from Sable, who claimed that Vince promised to portray her on TV as a classy, intellectual woman, but instead turned her into, well, Sable. She said that she left the company after she was asked to expose her breasts on television and participate in a lesbian storyline, both of which she refused to do. And then when she came back, she did them. Anyway... WWE lawyer Jerry McDivitt tore into Bass on the stand and reduced her to tears at one point, berating her and incon- about inconsistencies in her stories and getting her to admit that the demand of $120 million in damages was excessive. Uh, Bass claimed that Shawn Michaels called her Mr. on Raw, and she was horrified and embarrassed. But the other side argued that Bass's entire gimmick on the Howard Stern show was based on the idea that they thought she was really a man. After two weeks of this trial, it only took the jury four hours to rule in favor of the WWE. Lots to unpack there, as uh, a certain Alabama <sighs> native would say. I just, I don't know. 
I, I, feel, of, I don't want I don't want to speak ill of the dead, so it's hard to say anything. But. Yeah, for lack of better words, uh, not to bury the dead here, but for God's sake, I, I'm not always a WWE apologist about things. Obviously, they're you know they've done some sexist stuff and some messed up stuff, but for God's sake, like Nicole Bass was there for like a flash in the pan. Nobody cared about her. She was, uh, well, she was brought in as a joke. Not to go back on what I just said, but, dude, she was, like, famous because of the Howard Stern show. That alone right there should tell you something. That was literally the entire reason Russo wanted to bring her in, because he was a huge mark for the Howard Stern show, and he loved the Whack Pack, as you saw in WWE. You don't say. Yeah. They said he would listen to Howard Stern and write the show for the week, the WWE show for the week. <laughs> so, there you go. And Bro, we're going to have a competition, bro, where we find out if a woman shaves her pubes or not. Bro, that's money. What the hell? That's what they do on the show. I know, bro. We're gonna have a stripper come out and ride one of those those thing those self pleasuring machines, bro. Good I, God, I, I'm not even joking about some of this crap, which is sad. Uh, last story here is to because when I want inspiration, quick. man, I think of Howard Stern. Well, damn straight. Uh, last thing to to cover here. Uh, I thought it was just kind of funny. The movie Hell Dorado that The Rock is filming in Hawaii is going to have a name change. No word on what the new name is yet, but the script is not changing, just the name. The Rock plays a bounty hunter who is doing one last job. One might say he's running someone down. Ooh, clever. (laughs) Did you know that internationally, I think, I don't know if it was in every country, but I know over in Asia, the movie was called Welcome to the Jungle. I did. Yeah. Yeah. But they had to change the name. For those of you that don't get the joke or have never seen the movie, it's called The Rundown. And Actually, wasn't that bad either. I enjoyed it. I've seen it multiple times. I mean, I can. See, Dude, they had Kino from uh, Ninja Turtles two in it. Man, sign me up. What? Uh, yeah. Who? You really don't know? I, I the little guy that didn't uh, that did martial arts in the second Ninja Turtles movie. No, I, it's been forever since I watched it, so I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember it had uh, the guy with two first names. What was it? Uh, Sean the oh. and Rock. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He had, he has three first names. Sean William Scott. No, oh, dude, Stifler. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how he worked with yeah. Stifler and then uh, Johnny Knoxville, because what a what a freaking duo to work with. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hey, you're talking about two men on the Mount Rushmore of this is so 90s. <laughs> and such idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean William Scott didn't know it at this point, but his star from the 90s was about to quickly burn out into a big pile of nothingness. I think this was one of his final big movies. <laughs> and the only reason it was big was because it had the rock in it. You know who played the bad guy? It didn't in this have movie, Jason right? Biggs in it, so I mean no not helping a pie, so you know that that alone took away from his stardom stardom, but Alright, well that does it for the news and notes of the time. I don't know how the hell we get to Sean William Scott in a wrestling podcast. That's that's brilliant on the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> not switch oh, over. Uh, fade, not fade in. Uh, transition. Wonderful yeah. transition. <laughs> Hell yeah. Going from the 90s to the 2002. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive through Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's.
Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Now, back to our program. All right, WWE Raw. The date is October 28, 2002. The venue is the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Do you realize? I didn't even realize until I started watching this. The last two weekly podcasts we've done, not including the bonus show, have been from the Joe Louis Arena. I didn't realize that, but yeah, I mean, that's a famous arena, dude. Yeah, cool connection here. It's closed now, which is sad. Ah, uh, yeah. I like how the new one's called Little Caesars Arena. I believe that's what it's called. And there's like Little Caesars, uh, there's Little Caesars uh, posters all over the place here, I noticed. Good grief. What do you mean, yeah. ew? you. I mean, I like it. I say it because of the name. I like Little Caesars. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those pizza snobs. But if that is a thing. One of our listeners is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I just I hate when they brand arenas. Like I've, I've always liked, you know, the Joe Louis Arena, you know, the, the Soldier Field, you know, stuff like that. That's why, I, like, they've completely made the name of the Cavaliers Arena just a complete, like, the butt of a joke now. What is it like, now? Like Rocket City Mortgage Arena or some <laughs> crap like that. I like the or, Q better. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it sucked when they changed it to the Quicken Loans Arena. But like, I'm That's begging for that back now. Yeah, let me call the whole thing. Is it at least sounded presentable? I like the Gund Arena better, but whatever. Huh? It's. Uh, I hate when they do that crap. But either way, uh, the I don't, the official attendance for the show is not published, and I don't have a direct line to Uncle Dave. I was gonna ask you to uh, pee next to him again and ask him what the attendance was, but. We didn't uh, have enough time. Next time I talk to him, it's got to be good, remember? Or, you know, I'm going to get blocked forever. If I get one more oh, shot, yeah. remember? I haven't used that yet. It's like two years. I'm still, I'm still waiting to use it. But. Yeah, you see, he, yeah, Uncle Dave gave him one more chance before he's blocked. So I don't, I don't know what constitutes one more chance, but... That's why I'm not taking it, so I'm sure. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't shoot that shot yet. But either way, uh, we start off with the old digital WWE Open, and my second favorite Raw opening ever, Across the Nation... I freaking okay, love my first one. note is on there is it's the best Raw opening ever. I don't know. I always toss it up with either that or Thorn in My Eye. That was Raw's War, so. Well, okay. I mean, if you're going to get technical, then yes, it's the best ever. But it's a million times better than that new crappy one they got. That one sucks. If they change SmackDowns, I'm going to rage. That's probably oh, the best I... theme they've ever used for any show ever. They're going from ACDC. You can only go down from there. So, I mean, better not they, I'm going to rage, I swear. The unless only, they somehow get Metallica or Guns N' Roses, I'm going to rage. I was literally about to say, if they switch over to Metallica, I will accept that, but nothing else. Anyway, uh, they make sure to, or, well, I'd even accept Ozzy. That'd be pretty badass, I think, but either way. Oh, yeah. They make sure to show off the casket at ringside before Triple H comes out to his ring, er, out to the ring and sets up a folding chair to do one of his. I, this was always a thing in this era. Me and my dad actually used to watch wrestling together at this point. And we always had the ritual. Raw would start. You'd hear time to play the game. My dad would get up and be like, I'm going to go get a smoke and get some coffee. Let me know when he's done talking. <laughs> Every single Monday. And he'd come back 25 minutes later. He's like, God dang, he's still talking? And I'm like, yes. I actually timed this. I think it went 17 minutes. It felt like an eternity, and I'll explain why. It wasn't just him, but it was mostly him. I have one other note I didn't say at the beginning of the, pod, at the, beginning of the episode. Uh, I just put go Wolverines because I forgot they were in Michigan. Go, go ahead. F, F you. Yeah, this was another reason. They're, they're right in the heart of everything I hate. Michigan. But anyway, Triple H cuts a promo, making Kane look like an idiot for throwing him in a trunk last week with a child safety pole so Triple H can uh, easily escape. 
I wanted to talk about that real quick. Um, I remember that episode. I think it might have been an accident. They were driving off, and you can see the trunk popping open at the end. So wow. I feel like they called an audible here because it was the night. It was obviously the week before, and I, I vividly remember the trunk popping up. You know, and the announcers didn't acknowledge it, so that's how I knew it was not supposed to. Well, WWE honestly just needs to f and quit with the vehicles because, like, ever since like the '90s were fine. You know, the stuff with Austin, it all seemed to go. And this very well, arena, by the way, with the Zamboni, yes, it was great. Yeah, so that was fine, but once they got into the 2000s, it seemed like almost everything they tried with vehicles, just something went wrong. Everything like, sucked. Yeah, it's just like, uh, we, don't get I mean, that. well, you remember the Goldberg thing, right? Where it, he flooded his engine and then like literally ran after a speeding car. Yes, and then <laughs> The Undertaker at Vengeance 2003, the bike breaking down. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I love, I love the cover up too. Oh, he's he's so focused on John Cena. He's not even gonna ride his bike to the ring. He's gonna walk. <laughs> yeah, he's like, God dang it. And he actually gets up and just like walks to the ring because he flooded his damn engine. <laughs> oh man. You could see like just the Undertaker just wanted to curl up in a ball and die right there. He was like, oh, I'm pissed. Is that one wasn't anybody's fault other than his own and he knew it. He's like, son of a anyway. Ah, but this continued. Triple H talked about the infamous Katie Vick video from the week before. Yes, we are one re- one week removed from I screwed your brains out. And she's actually on the show, too. Yeah, he says that she is here tonight and security opens a casket and there's a, the Katie Vick sex doll in a cheerleaders outfit inside. It's clearly a male sex doll, by the way. Given either that or they switched out the heads for. I don't know. Because we lifted it up, you can see up the skirt. I didn't see any junk. So are you sure? <laughs> I, well, when when all the like when the wig and everything fell off, it was clearly a male head. So I don't know. Maybe they switched it. Well, we'll leave that in you into alone. Keep going. Maybe Al Snow lost his original head and he needed a backup. Good God. What? Nothing. <laughs> He's on the show, by the way. We'll get to him. But Triple H makes a bunch of jokes about her being dead and makes sex jokes, and he does a ventriloquist act with the doll. He was lifting it up and said, you feel like dead weight. Yeah, you're dead heavy. Oh, you're like dead weight. Oh, man. And, and then he makes plenty of dick jokes about Kane and her, his fried little wiener. And just my first note, before we get into the interruption here, imagine this. Just, just close your eyes and picture this happening on a Monday night in, say, 97, 98, even 99. This would not have happened. But WCW is dead. ECW is not that ECW was ever competition, but ECW is dead. No, There's this no sounds co- like ECW, actually. Oh, ECW wouldn't have even done something that, like this juvenile. They would have made it a lot more filthy. But this was just, this would not have happened, especially to this length. And that's the first time in this promo I've said that. There's more yet to come. Triple H is randomly interrupted by the hurricane because at the time he was the, com- the uh, comedic effect interrupter guy. Therefore, they, not random. He's also Kane's yeah. tag team partner. Well, yeah, I guess it wasn't, like, super random, but he did this, and then Dude, he... they were the Canes! I didn't even yeah. acknowledge that. They, they were Hurricane. <laughs> and I They just I will put say, a K where the C is supposed to be, and boom, tag team, merchandise, sell it. Right. I actually, for Halloween, I think this very Halloween, I dressed up as a Hurricane in this outfit. Fun fact, I drafted Hurricane in my big fed. Yeah. Yeah, everybody go listen to the uh, the main event figure federation draft. It dropped on Monday. If you were like, "What the hell is this in my feed? Why am I getting something on Monday?" You will get things on Monday from now on. Is our figure fed main event figure federation cheap plug? But anyway, oh, um, but yeah, you did the thumbs up, right? Absolutely, right here in the main event figure federation. <laughs> and that's actually uh, about uh, somebody I drafted. But either way, or yeah, well, it's all spoilers. I mean, they should have listened by now. 
Right. I mean, I hope. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we're entitled listeners, but I hope you listened. Right. Hope you yeah, enjoyed yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. But yeah, so I, my mother actually was one of those that made most of my costumes because she was actually a pretty good seamstress. And uh, she made me a hurricane outfit because at the time, WWE didn't really come up with a lot of costumes. I, I went trick-or-treating as The Undertaker on three different occasions as a kid, by the way. Mark. Three different... Three different eras of The Undertaker. I was just using his real name, not calling you Mark, sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, well, he should have. went I, Anyway. I did tell you all, by the way, since like the day I've known Troy, good Lord, he's loved the hurricane. I am not Damn even joking. Straight. Which is why you drafted him, because not you thought this, I was going to. Not to. Yeah, and I did draft him early, as you noticed, because, again, that was one of the ones you could have gotten. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I just, I've never met someone who was a huge Mark for the hurricane like you. Not that that's bad. It's just... I know it's one of them weird ones, but you know. I wouldn't say that. No, I don't. I don't think I would. He's damn good. He is, but he lasted who, all the years because clearly he had a following. It's just oh yeah. But he comes out uh, to interrupt Triple H, and he calls Triple H out for his attempted kidnapping the week before, and says that he has footage of Triple H from last week. Once he actually got to the hospital, because he had to be hospitalized, you see, and they didn't they didn't say medical facility. They actually said hospital, and I said I guarantee Vince McMahon was loving this and just like laughing his his freaking ass off, pissing his pants in the back over this stupid segment. You know what that was? It was good crap, pal. <laughs> yeah. The segment, the video footage he shows is a guy in a hospital, like on an operating table, laying on his stomach with a cardboard Triple H mask wrapped around his head. And they've got a curtain up over like uh, halfway down his body. And they make <laughs> it look like they're pulling stuff out of his butt. And they're playing all these like nasty sound effects or whatever. And the guy in the mask is is shouting things like, I'm the game. Ah, I'm the game. And just You know what? What? Sorry, I just I just had a flashback. This is the first time they did this again with JR. I forgot about yep, that. Dr. Heine. And Lord, just, I completely forgot that. And it was the same punchline. By the way, this 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 video went on for I think five minutes. I didn't time it, but I'm sa- safely gonna say five minutes. They pulled a sledgehammer out of his butt and then the never-ending handkerchiefs, because ha ha. A hand. I can get on board. I can get on board with the sledgehammer. That's funny, and that's I'm not gonna say original, but it's funny and makes sense. The rest was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. The a hand because you got to get that one in. A squirrel. Uh, okay. A gear shift. A steering wheel, and his own head. Because you know that's that's always the punchline of this. Pull his head out of his ass. They could at least get something from Ric Flair because that would make some sense too. To poke fun at him, but <laughs> I'm actually kind of kind of being serious on that because they were yeah. he was his quote manager or whatever at the time. I don't right. really want to classify him as, but that would have made some sense. Well, Lawler is hooping it up and laughing his ass off while JR, if, did you notice JR didn't say a word? Until I did. Yet. He was silent as, as death. He made sure to talk about how classless the Katie Vick thing was, too. If you noticed that on commentary, like right away. Well, uh, the video he, from last week, it was, it was the most deplorable thing I've ever seen. So He flat out has said on his podcast, he purposely would lay out during stuff like this. Even with, he said Vince would be screaming in his ear, say something, damn it, say it. And he'd be like, nope, I'm not even, even going to acknowledge this is happening. This is so stupid, I'm just not even going to comment. I mean, kudos to him for that. I mean, yeah, stick with the show and do your job. But at the same time, it's like, who, like what was he supposed to say? I mean, we know if Michael Cole was on commentary here, he'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my. It's a, it's a sledgehammer, oh, my. What a maneuver out of his hiney. <laughs> uh, but I said this entire segment went on forever. This was the I could have said time. ass, but hiney's funnier. Yes, it is. This was the second time during this whole segment I said, can you imagine if this went on during the Monday Night Wars? Never. Triple H then gets mad and he starts beating up the Katie Vick sex doll for reasons. Because, you know, that 
That'll show him. <laughs> but all of a sudden, Kane rushes to the ring and tackles Triple H. Now something serious is actually going to happen. Security tries to break them up, but Kane beats them up. The refs hit the ring. Uh, the- real quick, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure one of those security guards was Bobby Roode. Uh, he probably was. I'm I- pretty sure it was. I'm like, I had to look at it th- three times. I'm like, that's Bobby Roode. <laughs> nice. Before he was the enforcer of Team Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Very shortly before, I would say. They were kind of like MJF. Either way, who's uh, better yeah. than us, and we know it. Absolutely. But the refs hit the ring, then all the jobbers hit the ring, and then Eric Bischoff comes out and he books a casket match for the main event. So we get, you know, a little justification for the casket being there. So that's cool. Uh, I also, say, I gotta say, by the way, there was a Terry the Nephew sighting. Who? Terry the Nephew. Come on. I, I, I'm blanking. What am I missing? Who was the uncle? Dave. And who's his favorite little stooge? Oh, was was Terry Taylor there? Yeah, he was one of the guys that broke it up. Oh, so, wow. so I put my notes: Terry the nephew sighting. Good lord, he, he's probably well. He's more like Terry the cousin, I'd say, because he's like one of Dave's children. So, he's so way, cousin he's one of, Brian Alvarez got it. Yes, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm <laughs> sure Eric Bischoff just loved being in the same vicinity as Terry Taylor. Yeah, I, right. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he just loved that. Because oh, Mike, <laughs> Mike Bischoff's own words: He had no power here whatsoever, and I think Terry was an agent. So technically, technically speaking, he outranked Bischoff. So. That's got to hurt, too. Right? That's weird as hell. Well, we come back from commercial break to see Trish Stratus changing in her locker room while she's on the phone with her mom. Finally, something I get on board with. This was called... Okay, I thought it said... Maybe... Because Eric Bischoff explains this later on in the show. Is it F-View TV or F-U TV? F-U. Okay, because... Because, that's clever. Yeah. I was just like, it's called F-U TV. I... What? That's not even clever or like uh none of this clever was clever. Accidentally. Anyway. Yeah, this was just completely stupid. I don't remember this at all. I don't know if you do. Oh, I do. It this ended was, like it ended right after this, honestly. Like a lot of things they did during this era, like hot lesbian action, HLA. Does anybody remember that? My first my note for this was how many now I'm thinking about how many freaking hidden camera things has WWE done? Yeah. Like this I know, like GTV and the current well current no no longer hacker thing there well there was the one was paul london was doing one wasn't there i don't remember that one i think he did a short thing for a while or i don't know tna did the same gimmick for a little while you know with paparazzi productions and yeah i don't know it's been done and over like that one at least made some sense because we knew shelly had the camera right i mean it kind of fit this was just stupid this was like invasion of privacy stupid yeah. Not that that but, wasn't, but like we knew it was him and he had a camera. Like, oh, this is what Shelly does, which I can kind of get on board with, whether it's stupid or not. At least it makes sense. This segment also, you talk about something that wouldn't have happened during the Monday Night Wars. This segment would not fly in 2020. And it was just an mm, unnecessary. Opinion. And it was like just unnecessary. It was stupid. It just made zero sense. And it was classless. I don't know. And it was a waste of television time, really. I mean, oh my God, naked women. But cool. Voluptuous power. This first match of the night is Lance Storm and William Regal versus Tommy Dreamer and Rob Van Dam. It literally went for three minutes, 13 seconds. This was before the Un-Americans, right? It had to be. No, this was actually after the Un-Americans. Oh, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew it was before or after or something. I, Christian but... broke away and Tess broke away. So these yeah, are the last you... two. Did you ever hear the explanation for that? I think Bruce Pritchard gave the explanation. Too many like, Canadians? No, they broke away because Lance Storm and Will- like they threw William Regal in just as a filler. Because the other two wanted to get out. Because their their explanation, they were like, "Well, we're Canadian, but we live in America. We don't we don't 
actually hate America, or whatever. They're like, it's a gimmick. Like it's not real. Yeah, but but well, we, some we people just, will take that seriously. I mean, I get, and they're like, well, people might get mad at us for real. They're like, good. Like that's what we want. That's the whole thing. <sighs> Look, I. You know what's funny about this? If you were to ask me which two guys would say that, I feel like it would be the proud Brit and the very proud Canadian, not the two Canadians who live in America. Is it just weird well, to me? Well, the two the two, the two uh, Canadians that live in America, the thing is, like, because they're like, well, we've lived in America for a long time. We love it here or whatever. And whereas William Regal, I think he lives in America now. I think he has for a little while. But I mean, for the, for the longest time, he lived in England. And Lance Storm, to this day, lives in Calgary. So Dramatic pause. Yeah. Uh, the, they, uh, yeah, both of them, and like Lance Storm didn't mind, and they said they threw William Regal in because he literally, he was like, give me all the heat you can get. I, I, more, the more heat, the better. Well, clearly Lance Storm didn't mind because he's like really close to doing that dancer thing, so, well, he's mind a lot of things. <sighs> I know. He's like, how many zeros are on that check? All right. Play the music. William Regal cuts an anti American and anti Halloween promo here to start things. Uh, because they don't have Halloween in, in England, apparently, so. Yeah, I don't know if they do trick-or-treat or not. I'm going to assume they do, but I didn't really think about it. Footage It's 2020. Of, there is no trick-or-treating this year, dude. So. Uh, false. There are actually quite a few towns around me that are having, they call it Beggar's Night. And I'm like, seriously? Like, that honestly blew me away. I thought for sure everyone was going to be canceled. But no. Hashtag cancel culture. <laughs> uh, footage is shown of Rob Dam beating Tommy Dreamer in Madison Square Garden to retire the hardcore title. Uh, behind, and, uh, now apparently they're besties again. So they hugged it out. Waller crapped on them for doing that. They're like, after somebody just beat my brains in, I'm not going to hug them. <laughs> like, oh man, I leave it like, oddly enough, like Waller's never the one to call out the stupid things on the show, but, and He's this one, actually, the stupid things. I know this one, I actually thought made a little bit of sense. Cause like, look, you know, we're still brothers, even though we beat each other up, whatever. But anyway, so, so the hardcore title is officially gone forever, bro. To this even, day, so yeah, it is gone forever. Yeah, even though I, I have a, a toy of that that came with uh, my Viscera Elite figure. Same. Behind the referee's back, Lance Storm dove off the top rope and cracked Dreamer in the head with a Canadian flag. This allowed Regal to pin him for three count. I For being less than four minutes, I actually thought this was about a two-star match. Well, look who's in it, though. Yeah, I thought all four of them did really well, and Tommy Dreamer is actually still in semi-decent shape at this point. Uh, two notes I have for this. I said, we all know about the Great Britain-Canada Alliance. You know, that's a world-famous one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, did you notice that Tommy Dreamer had all the jobber gear on? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's generic WWE American flag shirt, uh, the ball cap. What was the hat? Was it just a WWE hat? Or? Yeah, I think, I think it was a raw hat or something. I can't remember. Good yeah. Lord. Here, go out and show this. He did, that was his thing for the longest time. He just no, wore yeah, generic no, WWE just, gear. I, it just all came rushing back to me watching the show. Yeah, it was weird, because I remember, like, for those of you that don't remember when he was doing the, for some reason, when he was doing that gimmick where he was really disgusting and eating his own puke and stuff, uh, he, uh... uh take his, uh, tobacco spit. Oh my gosh, yeah. He, uh, he, he wore just, like, generic t-shirts, like a Raw shirt or a WWE logo shirt. I'm like, do you not have your own stuff at this point? Why is this the... Did what? he wear his friend stuff? I mean, like an RVD shirt or a Dudley shirt or something? Like, why did the WWE look at him and was like, I see you uh, drinking out of a urinal and brushing your dog's oh, teeth? Oh, that's simple, because he really did crap like that. It was a running gag. Yeah, it's something he used to do all the time. Like, what would Dreamer eat? Was that a gag or something? I like, don't know, like... but I, I heard it on a podcast. I don't remember which one, but it was born out of that, because he would do weird things. Oh, now I don't feel so bad for him. That's disgusting. What the hell? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Yuck. 
Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, don't don't let uh, Vince McMahon find out what you do for fun in real life, or it might become a gimmick. Eric Bischoff is in the back with Rico and Three Minute Warning. I completely forgot there for a while that Rico was with them. Uh, Eric said this was after the the uh, fake gay wedding on on SmackDown, by the way, I believe. To this day, I will go to the grave saying it's one of the greatest things in the issue of wrestling because that swerve I did not see coming at all. Neither did I. I was like, yeah, I thought, well, they're not actually getting married, right? They were publishing articles about it like it was real. Whoa, whoa, we're we're not gay. We don't have anything against them. It's like, if I I was gay, I'd probably marry Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not Bart. (laughs) That's his brother, you sick. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the real life brother. Uh, that one I got a little heated on. Not heated. Uh, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Off the script. <laughs> I'm leaving it in, pal. But, yeah, that gimmick was weird. I have a Jax figure of Chuck from the I Billion wish, Chuck days. I wish they made a, a Mattel of his biker day. I like that gimmick. That was different, I'll say. He's had so oh, many that was really That was really him, though. That was closer to his real life, though. But anyway, back to this garbage. Now, Eric Bischoff says that he needs results this week, unlike last week when Three Minute Morning apparently lost to the Big Show or got beaten up by the Big Show or whatever the hell. Uh, yeah, Bischoff's... they was going to Big Show right after this. Ah, okay. Literally right after. Well, Bischoff says that he's tired of the disrespect that he's been getting from everyone, and if Three Minute Warning doesn't make an impact, their three minutes are up. We then get Stacy Keebler walking up Test in what I assume was catering, and she sits down with Test. She tells Test that Everyone has their their uh, special fans, and now Test will have his. They will be the testicles. My only <sighs> note for this was good grief. This makes for uh, you know plenty of jokes and King laughs. <laughs> testicles. Ah! They make sure to get close ups of Stacy Keebler's ass. I, I'm not complaining, but it's just like more stuff that wouldn't fly in 2020. And just, I'm not complaining. Oh, yeah, this just was stupid. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Now, so Spike that, Dudley, that alone, I thought this was a 10 segment, but whatever. Wow. Uh, Spike Dudley and Bubba Ray Dudley come to the ring for a match with Chris Jericho and Christian for the tag titles. This, by the way, uh, this was the era where Spike and Bubba were teaming up because wasn't Devon still doing the Reverend Devon thing over on SmackDown? <laughs> yes, he was. And okay. um, got a comment on that in a second on the segment we're coming up on. So, okay. Wheel. Uh, so anyway. They come out for the match. They, I completely forgot that the Dudley boys were using that saliva song in this era. So <laughs> badass. I had brushed over it and forgot about it. But, I mean, yeah, it was, I don't think they ever had a This was a saliva-heavy era, like, right here, because they would use that. Jericho would have King of My World coming out. I think we'd come out to it the next week. And they would be doing the theme song for the Survivor Series. So it was pretty oh, yeah. heavy at this moment for them. They got a big check, pal. But Chris Jericho's theme hits, but the Dudley boys get jumped by Three Minute Warning, who just destroys them. And I think what you were getting to with the Reverend Devon thing is we get a vignette right after this for the coming of Batista to Raw, saying the genetic revolution has begun. Yeah. So the next segment's Bubba Ray in the back with Bischoff, right? That's that's coming up after the next match. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, so the Reverend Devon thing, just like they're still doing it. For those that don't remember, Batista had his head shaved, was dressed like an altar boy, and he was Deacon Batista. And Talk about paying your dues. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he was doing that forever. And then, like, an Uncle Dave in the results for this, he was like, they were showing vignettes for Batista, now with hair, coming to Raw. No explanation, no reason for, you know, any of this. Just, 
By the way, he's not Deacon Batista anymore. He's coming to Raw. Okay. I'll tell you why he's coming to Raw. Because Mark Jindrak right. sucked. <laughs> and he's uh, workout buddies with Triple H. <laughs> that seems to get people pretty far in uh, in wrestling, by the way. If you work out with Triple H, you will, in fact, have a uh, top position on the card. I've yet to see a dud out of that, though, to be fair. Yeah. It was Batista, Sheamus. I want to say there was one other, but I don't know. Either way. Michaels. The next, uh, the next match is Test with Stacey Keebler taking on Gold Dust. This went for two and a half minutes. Stacey gets in the ring and hands Test a microphone. Test seems rather embarrassed, but he eventually says, I just wanted to say hi to all my testicles. And Gold Dust cracks up behind him because, ha ha, he's making jokes about his wee wee and his, and his, uh, you know, what's under the wee wee. I don't know, whatever. His junk. Junk pal. This match reminded me that Test was not good at all. Goldust sets Test up for Shattered Dreams. Stacy gets in and goes off on Goldust. He kisses her, something else that wouldn't fly in 2020. And then he sets her up for Shattered Dreams as well. The ref stops him. Goldust sets Test up for the curtain call, but Stacy slaps the referee. I don't know why that wasn't a DQ, but it wasn't. She goes over low blows, Goldust, and Test <laughs> hits a running big boot for the win. One and a half stars. What say you? I just didn't care about this at all. It sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Test was not good. Yeah. And this was the guy Russo was saying, oh, he's just as big as Kevin Nash. We could make him the new Nash. Like, no. I'm can't. sorry. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but Nash had the hit factor. I, sorry. That's just yeah. my opinion. But. And his matches didn't completely suck. Like, and even when they did, you were, I felt like I was still into it. Just because yeah. I liked, just like, I genuinely liked him. There was nothing entertaining about Test ever other than, you know, having a hot chick with him at ringside. All right, this was a segment you were talking about, and I think I know where you were going with this here. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley bursts into Eric Bischoff's office. He goes off on Bischoff for sending three-minute warning out to attack him and Spike before their big tag team title match. Says Spike can't compete now. So Bischoff says, pick a new partner, any partner. I don't care who it is. Any partner you want. And were you, because I don't remember what happened on this Raw, were you also thinking, oh, it's going to be the return of Devon? Well, at the time, I mean, I knew what was going to happen, but I was, oh. I must say I wasn't wrong. I was just a tad early. <laughs> yeah. Well, after this, we get another vignette, this time for the coming of Scott Steiner for the WWE. We still don't know if he's going to be on Raw or SmackDown. Spoiler, he's going to be on Raw. And he's going to be another WCW guy that uh, Triple H just pounds into the dirt. This was that, uh, this was that time period, by the way. I also got to point out something I forgot to mention, but the Batista promo. Yeah. Did you notice they called it a genetic revolution? Yeah, they capitalized the R and E. Yes. I was like, wow, that's so. clever. Nice little foreshadow. Right, yeah. So, and, and at this time, it was already being rumored that Batista was coming in to join a Four Horsemen-like stable, but there wasn't an official name for it yet. I wonder so, how good that stable would be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They probably wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, speaking of uh, that faction here in a minute, footage plays of Shawn Michaels from The World, which used to be WWE New York, now renamed The World. Just, that's clever, I now guess. Now Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. Uh, but he was at the World the week before. He's sitting in a wheelchair on the stage and acting like, oh, he's, I'm trying to get out of it, but I can't. I'm still hurt. And then he just shrugs like, eh. And then he jumps out of it and dances around. He's fine. He was faking it. Swarm, bro. <laughs> I love this segment. Yeah, it was great. He cuts a promo about he's coming for Triple H. You don't know how. You don't know when. But I'm coming for you. And all of a sudden, that footage is interrupted. By the Randy News Network update. Hell where, yes. Where Randy Orton gives an update on his hurt shoulder. 
He tells everyone to send well wishes to get well Randy at com. <laughs> so it's like stupid yet great. It's like the new write-in campaign for when Hogan got crushed by Earthquake. <laughs> nice. Only this one is much more efficient. Yeah, on this show, by the way, Triple H is main eventing. Randy Orton's hurt. Batiste is on his way. Ric Flair's MIA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is. Uh, well, everybody except Rick is accounted for here. Uh, Jonathan, I wonder if Rick was not there because Reed had a a wrestling meet. I'm not even trying to be funny about that. I'm like being serious. But we get a Jonathan Coachman sighting. He approaches Kane backstage and tells him that the casket match will be non-title, which. Every time they make a point to say, this is not for the title. Every single time, you know what way the match is going to go. So that just kind of spoiled it for me, even though I knew how it was going to go. But yeah. But Kane says, fine, it's not about the title. And what happened to Katie Vick was an accident. But what will happen to Triple H tonight will not be. I do not have a Jax figure of this Kane, this era of Kane. I, well, I don't have a Mattel figure of it either. I have a Mattel figure. The one with the removable mask and hair? Mm-hmm. My biggest gripe about that was not the toy, but this, this cane was, if you remember in the lead up, I think, wasn't it 2003 when he lost the mask? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the lead up to that, there was a match where Batista ripped his mask off and he runs away with his hair covering his face. But then when he takes the mask off a week or two later against Triple H, the hair is attached to the mask. I, I'm like, what? No, don't overthink it. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. It's even like a casual, like I said, my dad was a very casual viewer. Watched every once in a while. Even He's he only an like, avid fan, got it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even he was like, wait a minute, two weeks ago, didn't he have his own hair? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, up next, we finally get Chris Jericho and Christian defending the world tag team titles oh, against. Finally. Yes. <laughs> uh, defending, they're defending the tag team titles against Bubba Ray Dudley and a mystery partner. They were still using the old, like, Attitude Era WWE titles at this time. They hadn't officially gotten the Raw World Tag titles. So, were they going back and forth at this point? I forget how that was going. For champions? Yeah, for, like, yeah, like, the, the tag champions. Weren't they on both shows at this time? No, um, Kurt Angle and Wrestler Rule, I mentioned, won the tag titles at No Mercy for SmackDown. Okay, so they just... They had new SmackDown titles, but just not new Raw titles. They're literally going to get raw ta- new Raw tag titles in like the next week or two weeks. Ah, okay. Because they were going back and forth, and then they just yeah, stopped that. So. Oh. Uh, these were my favorite WWE tag titles in history, by the way. I, I wish I had I titles these. of that. Yeah, I have, I have, uh, or, uh, no. Well, I, yeah, I have Mattel versions of those titles, I believe. Who did they come with? Yokozuna. Oh, you mean those ones? Never mind. I'm talking about the the, the ones after those. Sorry. Oh, the raw. I, I, got know, hell, I, I got hell of those. I think they made those, but I could be wrong. I, I think I am wrong. I don't know if they've ever made the SmackDown and Raw tag titles. I have a SmackDown toys. tag title with Morrison that I just got, so I can tell you uh, they at least made one. Yeah. The Raw titles were pretty cool looking, but I I thought it was funny that the SmackDown tag titles were basically these titles, but colored blue. So, I don't know. But uh, this match went for 15 minutes, 44 seconds. I said, nothing screams second fiddle like Christian coming out halfway through Jericho's entrance to Jericho's theme music. Did you notice that? Yeah. Jericho does his pose. He's halfway down the ramp. Oh, here's Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Christian even meant, like, he looks like Jericho's manager. 
because he's coming down like pointing at Jericho too. Like he's the man. I'm with him. Well, yeah, he's about to be announced for the Elimination Chamber, so clearly he's the bigger of the two. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he's not second fiddle. They're just making it glaringly obvious. We see footage of Bubba Ray Dudley getting a massive concussion by uh, Chris Jericho in a ladder match the week before. Did you hear the stories about how bad that concussion was? Yeah. I can't believe they let him wrestle a week later. Well, like, that's insane. Different, different time. Yeah, this would never have happened in 2020. For those of you that didn't hear... He was concussed so bad, he had to go to the hospital. They said he had such short-term memory. He kept asking, he was like, where's my mom and dad? And they're like, well, they're, uh, they're like, well, your mom's back in uh, Long Island or wherever the hell he's from, Brooklyn or I don't know. He's back, she's back in New York. And, uh, and your dad's dead. Like, he's been dead for years. And Bubba just broke down crying like it's the first time he heard it. And then a couple minutes later, he'd be like, hey, did you guys call my mom and dad? Are they on their way? And they'd have to explain it to him over and over until finally Tommy Dreamer got tired of it. It was like, they're on their way, buddy. And just quit. So he was messed up. And Jericho said he literally had to lead Bubba, like, by the hand through the rest of that match. Because Bubba couldn't remember anything and didn't even know how to do anything. So, other than that, I remember that match being really good. Like, was I wrong on that? No, it was good. Yeah, so. Either way, uh, Bubba Ray introduces his new tag team partner, Jeff Hardy who looks like he just got back from a Marilyn Manson concert. <laughs> Doesn't have a limp yet. Yeah, no no limp yet. He made sure to chop his pants, like he cut his pants off, super white boy style, like at the knee. Well, I can't say super white boy style, because if he was going super white, he would have cut him off like halfway up his thigh. Either way, Jericho and Christian go for the concerto on Bubba, but Bubba ducks. Three-minute warning tries to get involved, and he gets taken out by Bubba and Jeff. Later on, Three Minute Warning is literally holding Spike Dudley upside down on the stage like they're trying to shake his lunch money out of his pockets. <laughs> Bubba runs up to save him, but Jeff hits Jericho with a swanton bomb. But Christian pulls the ref out of the ring. Not sure why that wasn't a DQ, but either way, Jericho blasts Jeff with a tag team title and then hits a lion salt for the win. This was during the era where Jericho was trying out different moves as a pin pinning uh, move. Uh, I said it was a bit overbooked, but all in all, great match. I gave it three stars. What say you? I thought it was decent, but it was, like, over before I got into it. Yeah, it was just shy of 16 minutes. I thought it was a good length for it. But, yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, it was pretty good. Jonathan Coachman is backstage with Triple H. Triple H says that uh, he's scared of Kane because last time Kane was in a casket, he tried to force himself upon Katie Vick. And last week, Kane said that he wanted to screw Triple H in the trunk of a car. So he's making a bunch of gay rape jokes. Cool. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Something else that wouldn't fly in 2020. They let Triple H just say the most outlandish crap during this era. First there was the stuff with Booker T, <laughs> then there's this. <sighs> anyway, he said as far as Shawn Michaels, Triple H says Shawn is full of hot air and he's not afraid of him. Triple H then takes off into his locker room to answer a ringing cell phone. We get FUTV again where Triple H talks to Ric Flair on his cell phone. Triple H says that Ric needs to get there ASAP because he needs him there. And Triple H is obviously upset at the end, slamming stuff, huffing and puffing, and all that good stuff. So blowing your house down. Good grief. Well, he's got a huff and puff between. I uh, am uh, the game. Sorry, I had to get that one in there. That was my favorite impression of him of all time. Uh, Very accurate. Al, Al Snow, of all people, walks into Christopher Nowinski's uh, locker room playing chess with some old guy. Remember when I at the beginning of the show when I said people dressing up as a wrestler for Halloween? Yeah. Right here. Which one were you referring to? <laughs> Nowinski. 
Okay, good. Yeah, because I like Al Snow. Yeah, but but anyway, not anymore. I like Al Snow. He's, he's an Ohioan. He's, he's good people. Al said that he stood up for Chris during Tough Enough, but he regrets it because Chris is an arrogant ass. Chris said that his success is all due to himself and no one else, and he said he wants Al Snow to pick an opponent for him tonight and sit at ringside and watch Chris win. We get segment after segment during this uh, here, like just no wrestling whatsoever, because Eric Bischoff comes out to the ring after commercial, and he brags about how great Raw is, and he reveals that he's been behind the hidden cameras. He also said that he's going to reveal more about the Elimination Chamber for Survivor Series. This is another reason why this is a historic show. I know we talk crap about it, whatever, but I, he announced the Elimination Chamber, what, the week before this? Mm, yeah. Yeah, he said the Elimination Chamber is coming up at Survivor Series. He didn't say what it was, though. He says it will involve six superstars and involve elements of Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and War Games. Bischoff then reveals that the six superstars will be Triple H, Chris Jericho, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, Kane, and Shawn Michaels. So this was the big reveal of that. He said he will actually show what uh, Elimination Chamber is next week. Kane claims that he's seen like blueprints of it and it's going to be better than Hell in a Cell. All that good stuff. So this is uh this is only the second Survivor Series coming up that didn't have a five on five match, right, or a four on four. Mm, yeah, I think the other one was I want to say ninety two. Two, yeah, yeah. So ten years later, but anyway, Booker T comes out after this to interrupt Eric Bischoff. And he tells Bischoff that he deserves to be in the Elimination Chamber. Bischoff needs to get to step. He then says uh, Chris Winnerwinski needs to get out there because he's going to be Chris's opponent, and he panders to the to the Detroit crowd and all that good stuff. So, if you ever wanted to see Booker T versus Christopher Nowinski, here is your wish and desire answered. <laughs> it's that. How sad is your now. life if that's your wish and desire? <laughs> uh, you know what? Hey, somebody wanted to see Glacier and Doink on this, or excuse me, Dink on the same card. So that was a thing. <laughs> when am I ever going to get to see them on the same show again? Just got to point out he hasn't been wrong. I don't think it's happened since. So I mean, he's right, but that doesn't make him not wrong. <laughs> Either way, this match went on for three minutes, six seconds. The match starts off hot with them jumping each other right away. In the end, Booker T is in control. Nowinski slides outside and punches out Snow. Snow slides in the ring and beats up Nowinski, and the referee disqualifies Booker T. Booker then punches out Snow and beats up Christopher Nowinski. One and a half stars. Let's say you. Sucks. Horrible. Yeah, Nowinski was never good, ever. But he went to Harvard, Greg. Never forget, he went to Harvard. Cool. <laughs> Apparently that means something to his wrestling prowess. I don't know. Here is another tough enough cast off. Up next, man, it's uh, the women's title triple threat match. Trish Stratus defends against Jacqueline and Molly Holly. Victoria is seen watching this match in the backstage. She is not standing sideways. She's actually watching TV like a normal human being. <laughs> so not sure if you caught that. I did. I yeah. I, I'm sorry, I had to laugh at the smart-ass young bucks a couple weeks ago watching TV over their shoulder in the backstage area. Did, did you see that? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, they're such smart-asses. This went for like two and a half minutes. In the ugliest version of the move I've ever seen, Trish gives Stratisfaction to Molly, but on, on the way down, she grabs Jacqueline, hitting both women with it. It just, it, the match wasn't great, but it was two and a half minutes. Trish pinned Molly for the win. One star. Any notes on this one? Nope. I just got tired of watching. I want to skip over. I'm like, my God, I'm glad we're in the era we're in now with women. I know. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you look at this, you look at where we are now, and you go, my God, what in the hell? 
<laughs> it's just, yeah. it, it's night and day. This is what Jim Cornette refers to when he talks about the girls match. Uh, and Trish was a good wrestler. Jacqueline was a good wrestler. Molly Holly was a good wrestler. This match sucked. Holding sucked. Yep. I'll make your podcast reference, sorry. Yeah, we always gotta get that one in there. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. At General Motors, we make more than electric vehicles. We're helping to make the world a safer, more inclusive place for all. As the first automaker to support the Equality Act, General Motors celebrates and embraces diversity every day, especially during Pride Month, which is why we're proud to team up with iHeartRadio to support Can't Cancel Pride and the LGBTQ plus community, because everybody in means everybody. Learn more at GM.com. They say, if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say... What a load of bull hockey. All that saving up and paying off debt, and now some identity thief wants to set it free? Crazy talk. LifeLock helps monitor your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. If you become a victim, we'll help fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code LifeLock. Now, back to our program. But the main event, we're finally here, ladies and gents. The reason we are all here for this show, it was Kane versus Triple H in a non-title casket match. It went for 11 minutes, 16 seconds. This is my favorite version of Kane's theme, by the way, and they don't dub over it. Yeah, it was badass. Yeah, Slow Chemical by Finger Eleven. Finger Eleven was a very early 2000s band, by the way. But I love this, this song. I still, in uh, Fig Feds, I still use that for Kane. But uh, I said the illusion is is a bit funnier when Triple H is damn near the same size as Kane. Did you notice this? I didn't know. Yeah, tri- Triple H, number one, is jacked right here. And Kane has, for some reason, lost it. Yeah. And this was during the era where Kane had lost a lot of muscle mass. So they're relatively the same size. And we're supposed to believe that Kane is like 325 and Triple H is 265. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. And then Triple H is damn near eye level with Kane when they stand eye to eye. So I think Kane took the the, uh, the lifts out of his boots. And Triple H is deceivingly huge. I'm just yeah, saying that now. He is a deceivingly large man. But yeah, so I, I just thought it was funny. And Triple H ends up using a low blow and multiple chair shots on Kane. When the casket opens again, Shawn Michaels is inside and he jumps Triple H before nailing sweet chin music, just kicking the crap out of him. Kane then hits a choke slam on Triple H rolls him into the casket, and slams the lid shut for the win. I actually thought this was a pretty damn good match. I gave it three stars. Let's say you. I liked it, yeah. It's still uh, said only two, though. But yeah, It was very memorable, I'll say that. And then at the end, Kane leaves. Halfway through his exit, they play Shawn Michaels' music. Heartbreak Kid dances around in the ring. He dances on the casket. As you pointed out, this was not the first time this has happened for Shawn Michaels. He just loves dancing on caskets for reasons. So yeah, that, uh, that was the end of the show, man. I overall. I like how they said this was the first cast match in four years. I was like, wait, that means I was at the last one. Wow, really? Wait, yeah. wait when was the Triple H Rock one? Uh, 2000, I guess. Oh, maybe that was, uh, how long it was a casket match? I think you just put him in there. I thought it was a casket match. Yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know. Either way, that, that one, if I remember correctly, took place on SmackDown, did it not? I think it was on Raw. 
either way, that was the one where Triple H put the rock inside, chained him up, and beat the crap out of it with a sledgehammer. So, that was the end of the show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Tired of waking up hot and uncomfortable? Start sleeping cool on the Temper Breeze by Tempur-Pedic. It's engineered with a revolutionary cooling system that pulls excess heat away from your body to help you sleep deeper all night and wake up more refreshed every morning. During the Tempur-Pedic Summer of Sleep, save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and experience your coolest sleep this summer with our best breeze savings of the year. Learn more at TempurPedic.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. On to the final ratings. Cagematch.net gave this a 6 out of 10. I, as well, gave this raw a 6 out of 10. What say you? I said it was a D+. Plus. So yeah, about six. Yeah, it was fine. I think if I had to go through the most historic moments of the show were more, I mean, there was a lot of transition on the show because like we said last week, they did the Katie, they had the Katie Vick debacle. WWE had to come out with a statement apologizing for it. Basically, it was so just ridiculously stupid uh, and disgusting. This week we get, uh, I mean, we kind of see the state of WWE you know, long after WCW had been dead, or not long, I should say. And we get the uh, the casket match, we get the setup for what's going to come at Survivor Series, we get more info on uh, Elimination Chamber, and we see that during this era, there was a lot of throwing crap at the wall to see what sticks, I think. As, as you alluded to with, you know, like you said, this FUTV lasted, what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. And going forever, bro. Three-minute warning wasn't long for this world either, I don't think they stuck around much longer. And uh, and we get the vignettes. We got Batista's coming, Steiner's coming. The Randy News Network is in full swing, so he's about to uh, you know pop up and join Evolution. He's about to pop up, cut his hair off, and join Evolution. Yeah, lots of lots of big transitional stuff. And yet again, we get to see how the women have come a long way since uh, you know then to now. <sighs> I don't know, man. Even though you, even if it wasn't an amazing show, I enjoy looking back at stuff like this sometimes. It's cool it was a, as a refresher. It was a fun uh, nostalgic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's always, it's always. We don't always have to go way back to the '90s or the '80s or the '70s to, you know, really enjoy nostalgia and retro and all that good stuff. I think, uh, you know, it's it's nice to look back at when I was a teenager and all that good stuff. Uh, kind of height of my fandom type deal. All right, that wraps it up for uh, October, man. Uh, All Hallows Eve is upon us. If you have, I hate when they call it. Beggar's Night. I just like calling it trick-or-treating. But if you have trick-or-treating, Beggar's Night, whatever, in your area, good for you. If you don't, I mean, it's probably not a big loss. <laughs> I don't want to give candy to ungrateful little kids anyways. I ain't spending money on them, so whatever, bye. Yeah, I don't know if my <laughs> town has uh, has trick-or-treating, but my wife is already at. She was like, what if we don't want to hand out candy? I'm like, turn your damn light off. She's like, alright, yeah, but I'm not buying candy. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. So, but yeah, if... Uh, 
do, do trunk or treat or something. I mean, they have plenty of that. It's more safe. You can kind of trust those people. Because usually that's more contained. You don't have to worry about poison and COVID in your candy. So COVID candy, man. I, Good God. COVID candy. Hell yeah. All right. Well, anyway, if you haven't listened yet, last Friday, we dropped our b- b- bonus show of the month. We did our first ever review of a TNA show, and I thought it went pretty damn well. It was TNA Bound for Glory 2010. Even though, all in all, I didn't think the show was a masterpiece, you and I had a lot of fun watching it and reviewing it, I think. I did, yeah. I like when it takes you back like that. Yeah, because, I mean, you and I were huge TNA fans at that time, like we were talking about, and this was a new direction and a new trajectory for the company. So, good stuff. Uh, I like going back and looking at that. So, like I said, it doesn't always have to be way, way, way back to be, you know, a retro look. Sometimes it's something like that. And also, if you didn't get a chance to listen or whatever, definitely just give us a give it a chance. Listen to our draft on Monday that, that dropped a couple days ago for the main event figure federation. We explain all the rules and everything. The show's a little long because it's a draft and there's 25 rounds, but I think it was worth it. Some good content in there. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of figure talk. If you're into wrestling figures, if you're into collecting, if you're into fantasy wrestling booking and all that, you'll like it. This next Monday will be our first official episodes of Jacked and Overdrive on the podcast. So look for that in your feed as well. And those shows will be a little shorter because we're running down 11-segment shows as opposed to reviewing something or whatever. And so we can we wrapped it up close to an hour. So I, I feel like that's a good time. And if you want to give it a chance, it's not a big chunk out of your day you're probably working from home anyway so just listen to it on the side while you're working and or on your commute to work but uh yeah man up next we are getting into the month of november i don't know about you i'm very excited about every single show we have for november hell yeah we are starting the month off hot with wcw we're gonna go with world war three 1998 i've never seen this show before I think the World War Three concept was you like different. I mean, obviously it was a take on Royal Rumble, but there was three rings, brother. I think after was it ninety five was the first one, and they did like one giant per ring. I think they quickly killed that off the next year. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this this will be fun. Like I said, I haven't fully looked at the card, so I don't know what's coming up. We're obviously reviewing some Survivor Series shows this month. We've got one TNA show in the works. And our bonus show of the month, uh, or the second to last weekend, uh, or excuse me, second to last Friday of the month, will be a uh, bonus show. And it, I am welcoming Jacob Grandi back on the show. He was on for our August bonus show when we reviewed the first ever SummerSlam. This time, we're going to be reviewing the first ever Survivor Series from 1987. The main event was Andre the Giant, One Man Gang, King Kong Bundy, Butch Reed, and Rick Rude versus Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow in a 5 on 5 Survivor Series match. And it was in Rich- the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. So look for that in your feed. Thank you for joining me today, Greg, as always. <laughs> October was fun. November, I think, will be even better. We will see you next week later on. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. 
Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. 